In Miller v. State 2022 ARC App 352, the Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed a revocation order because the original trial court sentence exceeded the statute and was therefore illegal. The state sought revocation because defendant subsequently committed first-degree battery and was a habitual offender. The victim did not testify during the revocation hearing. The state introduced a videotape showing the attack. Judge Brown reversed in part on an acknowledged sentencing order in the original underlying drug case, but otherwise affirmed and in doing so took an opportunity to explain the constitutional right to confront witnesses. Quote, Appellate Taylor Miller appeals from the March 17, 2021 order of the Crawford County Circuit Court revoking his suspended sentences and probation. On appeal, Miller argues the Circuit Court 1 lacked jurisdiction to revoke his suspended sentences because the underlying suspended sentences were illegal, 2 violated his confrontation clause rights, and 3 erred in revoking his probation and suspended sentences without proof of written conditions. Because we agree that Miller's underlying suspended sentences were not authorized by law, we reverse and remand to the circuit court for correction of the illegal sentences. We affirm as to all remaining issues on appeal. In a revocation proceeding, the original sentences may be reinstated, and if the original sentence was outside the statutory limits, it may not be relied upon. Here, the state conceded error in two original sentences, and in agreeing there was error, the Court of Appeals noted, quote, In Arkansas, sentencing is entirely a matter of statute and must be in accordance with the statute in effect at the time the crime was committed. When a defendant is charged and sentenced as a habitual offender with two or more prior felonies, that defendant may not be sentenced to probation or a suspended imposition of sentence. Upon revocation of a suspended sentence or probation, the circuit court may impose any sentence that could have been originally imposed on the defendant for the offense. If an original sentence is illegal, it may be corrected at any time, even if it has been partially executed. The remedy for an illegal sentence is not dismissal of all the proceedings, which would allow the appellant to benefit from the failure to correct the sentence in the first place. Rather, the remedy is either to reverse and remand to the circuit court for resentencing or for the appellate court to correct the sentence. On appeal, Miller first argues that the circuit court lacked jurisdiction to revoke his suspended sentences in cases number 17 CR 1975, 17 CR 1959, and 17 CR 18975 because the underlying suspended sentences were illegal. As noted above, on April 4, 2019, following a plea of guilty, a sentencing order was entered in which Miller was sentenced as a habitual offender to 120 months suspended sentences in both case numbers 17 CR 1975 and 17 CR 1959. In case number 17 CR 18975, with regard to the possession of drug paraphernalia charge, Miller was sentenced as a habitual offender to 120 months suspended sentence. The state again concedes, and we agree, that because Miller was sentenced as a habitual offender to suspended sentences only, the sentences are not in accordance with statute. 
While due to revocation, these are not the sentences Miller is currently serving because the initial suspended sentences were illegal, these cases must be remanded for resentencing with credit given for any time already served. End of quote. Defendant argued there was error in the revocation hearing because of a violation of the Confrontation Clause of the Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution, but these challenges fell short. The opinion is helpful in explaining what is or is not a violation of the right to confront witnesses in considering his various challenges. Quote, Generally, a defendant in a revocation hearing is not entitled to the full panoply of rights that attend a criminal prosecution, but he or she is entitled to due process. As we recognized in Go Forth versus State, 27 RCAP 150, the United States Supreme Court has held the defendant is entitled to the right to confront and cross-examine adverse witnesses unless good cause is shown for not allowing confrontation. This holding is codified at Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1693307C1, which states that the defendant has the right to counsel and to confront and cross-examine an adverse witness unless the court specifically finds good cause for not allowing confrontation. According to Goforth, the circuit court must balance the probationer's right to confront witnesses against grounds asserted by the state for not requiring confrontation. First, the court should assess the explanation offered by the state for why confrontation is undesirable or impractical. A second factor that must be considered is the reliability of the evidence that the state offers in place of live testimony. End of quote. Successful objection to witness hearsay, not a confrontation clause issue in failing to tell the jury why a witness was missing from the courtroom. Defendant first argued that after the circuit court granted his objection and excluded an officer's recollection of what a witness said, it was nevertheless a point of error since the state did not tell the jury why the witness was absent. Quote, first, Miller argues that his right to confrontation was violated when the state attempted to elicit testimony from Sergeant Christopher Ho regarding Michaela Householder's relationship to Miller and what Sergeant Ho learned from interviewing Michaela. Miller's counsel objected, stating that the testimony is testimonial hearsay and that Miller has a Sixth Amendment right to confront his accuser or any witnesses. The circuit court sustained the objection. On appeal, Miller challenges the state's failure to provide an explanation for the absence of key witnesses. Importantly, the attempt to elicit the testimony was unsuccessful. Therefore, it did not violate Miller's right to confront a witness against him. When an objection is sustained and the defendant has received all the relief requested, there is no basis to raise the issue on appeal. End of quote. Admission of a videotape, not a confrontation clause issue because the video maker could have been cross-examined. A challenge was made on appeal to admission of a videotape of the altercation under the confrontation clause, but it was lacking since the person taking the video was subject to cross-examination. Quote, the video clip was not testimonial because the investigating officer, Sergeant Ho, introduced the video into evidence and was available for cross-examination. Absence of the crime victim from the courtroom. No requirement for victims to testify. 
Defendant took issue with the absence of the victim from the courtroom, but this argument was also non-persuasive. Quote, A defendant's right to confront witnesses who testify does not compel the state to produce every possible witness. Miller cites no authority for his contention that a victim must testify. Here, the state was able to prove its case without the victim's testimony. Accordingly, we find no violation of Miller's Confrontation Clause rights. End of quote. Failure to introduce terms and conditions of the defendant's probation, a different appellate argument than was made below. This precise argument was never made below, so it was not preserved for appellate review. Quote, Below, Miller challenged the proof as to whether he was even on probation or a suspended sentence. On appeal, he asserts the state failed to submit evidence of the written conditions of his suspended sentence. Consequently, his argument is not preserved for review. End of quote. Withdrawal of the state's prior revocation petition. No effect on later revocation petition. Defendant unsuccessfully argued that because the state withdrew an earlier revocation petition, it lacked jurisdiction in the present one. Quote, Miller argues that because his suspended sentences were not extended by the April 4, 2019 sentencing order, the circuit court erred in later revoking it in the cases where the state had previously withdrawn its petition to revoke. We find Miller's argument wholly unpersuasive. There is no authority, nor does Miller provide any, that states that the filing and subsequent withdrawal of a revocation petition terminates the suspended sentence or deprives the circuit court of jurisdiction to later revoke those suspended sentences unless an order is entered extending the suspended sentence. The suspended sentences remained in effect without further action from the circuit court. End of quote. End of decision.